How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about. Basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Pomp and Pony Podcast, powered by Bowser Chevrolet. Here's Bob Pompiani from KDKA-TV and Andrew Filipponi from 93.7 The Fan. Welcome to another edition of the Pomp and Pony Podcast. Andrew's on vacation this week, so I'm riding solo here today and very happy to be joined by Merrill Hodge, longtime Steeler running back, one of the best in the business in terms of breaking down football video and knowing what's going on, and the author of Find a Way, which has been a very successful book, and really a lifestyle for Merrill. Merrill, how are you? And I know you found your way to our podcast. I appreciate that. <laughs> I was just about to say that. I found my way to you, Bob, so it's a good day. Good day. <laughs> well, the question everyone's asking, Merrill, is can the Steelers find a way? Just generally speaking, there's a wide range of opinions about them. I happen to think that they can be a better team than most people think if that line does what it's it may grow into. It's going to be, to me, uh, you know, a rough start just because they're all new at that position. But can they find a way, in your opinion, to be a playoff team in 2021? Absolutely. Um, now, that doesn't mean it's an easy task, but there, there's um, there's a, there's one thing in the National Football League that's different from any every other level. Um, you can do it at every other level to kind of help you, but in the NFL, it's critical, if not pivotal, if you're going to win consistently. You have to control the tempo of a football game. And if you can't do that, it's very hard to win a football game. You know, that's why no matter what, what game you hear, what matchups created, you know, you always hear the cliches, we've got to run the ball, we've got to stop the run. Okay, they're thrown out there because they are staples and they are critical. If you can do both of those things, if you're equipped to do that, you give yourself a great chance to control the tempo. That's why teams want to do that. Now, do some teams do that? No, is that their, um, is that their philosophy for the most part? No, because they like to throw the football around. That's kind of what they do. Mosquitoes were kind of built like that last year. All right, now let's go to where they are this year. When you have five guys that are new up front, your offensive line can be a train wreck when you just change, change one guy, which we experienced when John Jackson left and we had a left tackle issue. Uh, I remember Bill Cowers, uh, I think it was his first year that we had, we had or second year we had some issues. Um, and it was a couple weeks before we got things rectified. So five guys is very hard. Now, how can you help them? Well, you've already seen, I've already seen in preseason two games. Um, it is clear to me how they're going to build their offense, how they're going to go about it. And it's going to benefit this offensive line in developing one. It'll help them control the tempo of the game and it'll help their passing game. So what I'm getting at, if you've seen um, that they're, they're going to have a, you, you don't draft a guy in the first round to and not hand the ball to him at least 20, 25 times. Okay. So you know, that's going to happen. You needed a bell cow act that you got that. They're going to run the football. I think they'll be very efficient at that. But then how do they throw off of it? That is where 
I think it becomes critical in what I've already seen in preseason. You can see that they're already going to do that. It will probably be the foundation of their passing attack um, is their run action. And see, most analysts go, oh, it's a good play action, good play. They, hear, they always say play action, play action, play action. You never hear run action. And there is a distinct difference. Quite honestly, that's why the Ravens are so good at uh, throwing the football. They will throw it off run action. Um, the 49ers are incredible. You'll see more teams do it this year than in the past just because of all the young starters you're probably going to see in the league. But go back to the Steelers. When you do that, you're taking enormous pressure off of that offensive line to constantly pass block. You make pass blocking easier because they're really run blocking, and you're getting rid of the football quicker. It helps your quarterback. So that's probably 70% of their offense. And then you ultimately have to have a drop back uh, segment or phase to your team, Bob, which they clearly have. I mean, number seven is a Hall of Famer because <laughs> that's the easy thing. That's where the Ravens struggle. When they get forced into that pure passing aspect, their quarterback is just not skilled in that area. It's not his strength. That's why they get exposed when it comes to that. But they don't get exposed very often because they do what I said at the beginning. They control the tempo of the game by those two phases. And the two, the two games I have seen, you could clearly see that is what he's being morphed and worked on. And I don't think there's any question. You see it in this order. Priority run, run action off of it, and then we have our drop-back phase. And those three phases give them a chance, like you said. Well, explain that more run, uh, run action, because I think okay. people out there want to know what the distinct difference is. That's really, you're right. Everybody says good, play Bob. action. What is run action? Okay, first of all, let's talk about play action. Play action is really when the quarterback, running back, and you can even throw a receiver in here. You'll see them do a wide reverse over the top. Quarterback turns his back to the defense, and a, and a running back does something in the backfield, and they fake to the back, okay? But the offensive line is purely pass blocking. You know, their emphasis is pass blocking. But there's action in the backfield. Okay, that is true play action. Run action is this. When I snap the ball – we got a double team going on. We got our guard, and our, our center, and our left guard doubling. We have our guard single blocking. We have our tight end possibly and our tackle doubling and our tackle other tackle coming off as run blockers. Our quarterback opens up and holds the ball out, and here comes the back downhill. For that, that split half a second, that's the look we're giving it. It looks like run. I'm a linebacker. I see a double. I'm attacking downhill or I'm freezing. I'm not dropping into pass coverage because I see run. Your offensive line is selling it to me. It looks like it. Your quarterback has the ball out. The running backs run a downhill hard. I mean, that tells me, and I see run. I don't see anything else. But on the outside, we might have two guys attacking vertically. And then the quarterback pulls the ball, sets up, and he throws the football. I mean, the Ravens, that's how the Ravens really throw it successfully. That's run action. And they do that. Now, at some point, you're always going to have to, you know, you're going to have to throw the football. They know you're throwing it. Everybody knows you're throwing it. And that's where the Ravens struggle. Well, the Steelers, what I anticipate is that's not going to be the foundation of their game. They have that phase to it, but it'll be run, run action, is, a, is the footers of the offense. And then they're going to have the, yes, they'll have the, the, the passing phase of it as well. But the run action, play action is such a different thing. Then there's the third, it's the RPO, you know, the run play, the run, run pass a action. That's another phase to it that is always misunder, misunderstood. But that to me is going to be the foundation. You've already, already seen it in preseason. They shoot their first few passes almost every game or that. Hmm. Big portion of it is that. And, and you'll see that 
And that's going to help. I'm just telling you, Bob, that's, the, to me, the very best way to throw the football. It is the very best way to bring your offensive line together and build confidence uh, amongst your team is doing it that way. And I, I believe they're building it perfectly. Let's talk about the run game, specifically with Najee Harris. A lot of people were critical of that pick just because most people come to the conclusion if, you know, you take a running back in the first round, what are you really doing? Quote is, well, they're a dime a dozen. However, when you're an elite running back, I think there is a distinct difference there. And I've already seen some tape and look back at Harris and how he's able to spin away from what looks like an absolute no-win situation. How important will, will his individual ability to do that help this young offensive line? Well, when you're a skilled runner, you know, that, that's going to complement an offensive line. There's no doubt, Bob. And he does have a unique balance to him for his size. You know, I mean, when you, look, when you study him, and first of all, he's a decisive runner, which is a very important thing when you transition to the NFL. Um, if you don't, if you struggle like that in college, you're really going to struggle in the NFL to take you a while to adapt. Um, and some guys never adapt. Um, he clearly doesn't have that issue. He's a, a decisive runner, very instinctive, and he has tremendous feet and then balance that goes along with that. He's very nimble for a big guy, and he's extremely versatile. Um, I love the way that he, you know, being a pass blocker, you know, like 90% of it is being a willing participant. You know, <laughs> most people don't want to do it. Right. You can tell he does, and he's very good. He's got really good techniques to do it. Uh, he's outstanding as far as a route runner goes and a receiver. And people are go, you know, go, well, I don't think he's quite to where Le'Veon Bell was. I'm like, wait, hold the phone. You're comparing this kid coming out of college to where Le'Veon Bell is five, six years in the National Football League. If you look at Le'Veon Bell coming out of Michigan State, ain't even close. It ain't even close. Now, he developed into that. Everybody's comparing him to where Le'Veon Bell ended up, not where he began. He's a much better route runner at this point where Le'Veon Bell was and can do a lot of things in the passing game that'll be very dangerous, and you're going to have to respect defensively. Even if it's as simple as a check down, you have a guy in the open field that's a, a wicked runner and a dynamic runner. That's dangerous, and you're going to have that in the passing game as well as matching him up. Yeah, I think that's going to be a great advantage for them, especially in the passing game. And the problem, if there is a problem that I see, you know, Mike Tomlin always says um, one bone, two dogs. Well, now we got how many dogs? We have like five dogs or more, and there's still one bone around. You know what I mean? Uh, you got a lot of wide receivers who are really good. Who's going to get most of the action here? How will they determine who gets what? Because Juju Smith-Schuster obviously wants to have some bigger numbers this year. Yeah. He was dynamic, you know, on possession downs and, and things of that nature. Yeah. He may want to go outside more. How does this all satisfy well, itself? Well, I don't give a rat's rump. To be honest with you, I'm gonna come up and go. Listen, I want okay. I, I, my I, my goal is to help this team and help us win. Okay, this is the best way for us to help us win. Juju throwing the ball to you ten times every game or focusing my game plan around you is not going to help us win this game. You're going to be a big part of our game plan. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not building it around you. I think it's foolish to ever build an offense around a wide receiver because of how the, how complicated complicated it is just to get it to that guy. And even in, you know, on average, 70 plays a game, I give it to you 10, which is big time. I've got 60 other plays to deal with. So I'm not going to build my offense around you, one. Two, this is the best way for us to be extremely successful and complete. If we do it this way, Juju, you're going to get your balls, okay? Uh, I'm going to run it 35, 40 times a game if we control the tempo, right? Okay, I do have to have more than one ball carrier, okay? 
Um, that is why I'll have somebody else on third down. I'm going to have series where I, I get Najee off the field. I can't give it to him 35 times. I don't want to give it to him 35 times. I am not stupid enough to wear him out. So everybody's going to play a role here, and they're going to be a part of that. And I'm sure that's been explained. You have to explain that from the very get-go so that people understand it. But if we don't do what I said up front initially, we can't run the ball. We don't do run action very well. None of us are going to get the ball. We're not going to have enough time because we're going to be giving it away all of the time. And our defense is going to be out there being worn out by our other offenses. That's not going to happen. So if you'll stay the course, understand what we're doing, um, be a team guy, and do your job, you're going to get enough balls. There'll be enough balls to give everybody because we're going to be on the field 70 times except for 70 snaps versus 50. Okay, that's 20 over mm-hmm. 17 games. I mean, there'll be a plenty of opportunities for everybody. That's the first time I've heard rat's rump. I've never heard that one. I've heard different things, but not rat's rump. <laughs> <laughs> I don't give a rat's rump. <laughs> uh, I like well, it, but I... Well, Gotta keep it clean. <laughs> I know. Well, I think on a podcast we have a little leeway, don't we, Craig? I think we might. So who knows? Anyway, uh, I want to ask you about this, uh, the TJ Watt situation. But the fact that he's there um, tells me that he believes something's going to get done. And the Steelers totally, you know, they go to the end and something does get done. But this is going to be kind of a mega contract. Um, do you have a problem with him not participating in practices? He's there. He's he's working out and everything, but he's not participating. Well, based on his experience, not really. You know, um, I don't know. I mean, listen, I've always believed that you season yourself as it goes, okay? Uh, meaning the training camp's important because you're seasoning yourself for the regular season. Playing in the regular season seasons you for the playoffs, um, so forth and so on. Um, I Listen, one of the greatest players I ever played with was Rod Woodson. I remember he held out all training camp. He comes in, we playing the 49ers, and – he matched up on Jerry Rice. Now, he did a really, really good job, but he didn't do a Rod Woodson job. You could tell that Rod was just a little rusty, you know, because he, he hadn't done the work to get ready for that opening day. So that's, a, that's a large ask, you know. Um, he's the only one that could pull it off to that level now. So um, there might be a little bit of rust if, if he has. More than likely, he's not going to have much playing time. Um, but hopefully the work he's doing – and I'm not privy to that, too, but you can do so much good work now. Um, and based on his experience already, um, I don't think you're going to see as big a drop-off as you might anticipate. But I always think there might be a little bit there. They're just, it's hard not to have it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, if you were an opposing offensive coordinator, how would you attack the Steelers' uh, defense? Knowing that you know they, they led the league in sacks for four straight years, Merrill, and, and they may do it again. Yeah. I mean, I think Alex Highsmith is going to explode this year from what I've seen so far. I mean, he's trending in that direction. But they do have questions as far as cornerback depth and who may make or not make plays. How would you go about attacking Pittsburgh? Well, I don't have the worry of two pass rushers right now. I mean, Highsmith, I mean, um, he may evolve into that and show me that. Um, and, and I would agree with you. When you looked at his involvement and where he was, and you usually see the most improvement in your second year anyway, so we clearly might see that. In preseason, he's shown flashes, so I'd agree with that. Um, but I'm probably not going to game plan right now against – I'm not going to occupy two people on him, like I did last year with Bud Dupree and Watt. Okay, I had to do that. I had a real problem last year. I'm going to go into a game plan, and I am going to concern myself with Watt, and that's it. Um, if Hightower shows me I got an issue, I, I'll, I'll adjust that during the game. That's easily done. Um, I then I, I, I do what really a lot of teams have done. I attack 
I attack their linebackers. Um, they've been able to get you bet the Bush is the event. People have attacked Bush and they'll continue to do that until he gets better in the passing game. And how they do that is they create a lot of bunch formations. They give him traffic and he hasn't filtered. He hasn't been able to dissect it quick enough yet. So he gets out of position a lot. So I'll keep attacking that. And yes, um, you got, you got corners that they're new. They're inexperienced. I'm going to do my job to attack that vertically too in the passing game, you know? Um, so, you know, those are things that you're going to have to show you're better at. There's a lot of stuff that I just mentioned on tape. It's already there. Like people already do it. You know, they do it every week. I mean, Philadelphia Eagles came right out of the box and ran right at uh, Devin Bush, mm-hmm. you know, and that's just the nature of the beast, you know, these defense offenses don't go, ah, you know what? Everybody's picking on him. You know, this week we're going to go somewhere else. Nah. <laughs> Keep on. And I go right here until he shows he can beat us. And especially if we got a guy we know that's already better than him. So those are the areas that we'll have to get, um, we'll have to get better, you know. Um, and, you know, teams will try it. You know, they were so good against the run last year. I go back to, you know, they just dominated teams early on. When Bud Dupree went down it, you know, things really started to unwind. Quite honestly, and that uh, uh, we'll see if Howard Tower can can step up. I mean, I was very impressed with him last year. I really was, and you know, preseason he's looked that kind of guy. You know, he hasn't dropped off. He continues to get a little better. So that's exciting that that you can see that. So if you have two good edge guys and your three footers in the middle, man, they do their job. It'll be tough to run on them, um, and hopefully you can keep them in long enough situations that you can't get as exposed in the passing attack until you get those guys better. One final thing, Merrill, before I let you go, and I've always been amazed at your ability to break down plays. When you did it nationally, locally, you do a lot for Steelers.com. Um, how much time do you actually spend looking at a videotape? And it seems to me like, I mean, there's so many different angles that you have to consider, but you're really good at yeah. kind of focusing in on what you're trying to explain. Tell us what a typical um, tape review, film review session is like for you. Funny, I'm sitting here watching Detroit. You know, the Steelers are playing Detroit, so I'm watching their offense. So, I, you know, Mike, the tape I get is the coaching tape that we did watch as players to get ready for a game. So I see every play twice. So I just saw it from the end zone. And uh, and now and it's a passing play. Now I go to the end zone angle. So I see it from the, all, from the sideline, excuse me, all 22. And then it goes to the end zone where you can see the interior linemen in the middle of the field, which always gets you like a truer perspective mm-hmm. of your offensive and defensive line. And, you know, like early on in this game, like, I don't know if this is going to happen in the preseason game, but their right side has been very vulnerable. You know, like the Bills have just whipped the tar out of them. <laughs> I mean, and Goff has been on his back a couple of times, and they, they've moved the pocket. So, um, I, and I don't know if the right side of Detroit's offensive line really started in this game. Either I have to look at the depth chart. But I, I start, I just start, you know, walking through a game. You know, what, what I don't think people don't appreciate because they would, because they don't do it. Um, it's not it's just because you don't do it. You can spend. I could spend ten minutes on a play. I could spend ten minutes on a play with all the things that are going on. That that's what makes actually the NFL so fascinating is the strategic matchups and what's really going on. And if you just skim over a play, you're going to probably miss. You know, pr- probably even watching tape, you can miss eighty percent of what's really going on. That's why I always say TV lies and highlights really lie. There's no way you can watch the game on television and have any idea of the truth of a team True. or a player. Yep. And if you watch a highlight, then you're going to be even more fooled if you're going to buy into that. You know, um, the quarterback for the 49ers, for example, um, Trey Lance, you know, the big play, the big play touchdown throw he made, you mm-hmm. know, 
that's about all you saw, right? When you went really, really went and studied him, you know, he's a typical rookie. You know, there was a lot of plays he missed. Um, you can truly see he has some special gifts and he's explosive. Um, and he has some of the fundamentals already in place that give him a chance. But, man, he's no different than any other rookie that came, has come out that I've watched. When he's, he's very erratic. He's all over in the pocket. I mean, there's a lot of things he's still got to work on. I missed a lot of throws. You know, you don't see the whole – the whole the whole field of work that he did. Again, right. it wasn't even an entire game, you know. But you could he was. I thought he was really awesome on critical downs, which you look for those things. And I really thought he made all the right decisions. You really make bad throws, and that, those are that good starting points. But you you went away going, oh, he should be a starter right away. Everybody's like, he should be a starter right away. <laughs> Everyone loves the rookie quarterbacks in this preseason. There's right. no question it's one about play. that. It's it's right. one play. We got seventy other plays here, <laughs> but. It's just, you know, I, I can't – I've been doing this for like 30-some years, and I I can't even I, – I, I don't even want to talk about something if I haven't watched one tape because I'm just not smart enough mm-hmm. to make stuff up. You know, I just, I'm not. I'm like, I'm going to have to watch some tape to give me the, give me the information to share with you before I can talk about it. Well, you do a great job with it. I always look forward to those segments, and uh, every time I watch, I learn something new. And, and I think you're right. That's you got to look at it beyond just the actual highlights. So – Unfortunately, that's a lot of what we do. I'd love to get more internalized with that. But, I, Mero, I appreciate what you do, and I appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today. Thanks, man. You're a good man, Bob. Thanks, buddy. All right. That's Merrill Hodge on the Pomp and Pony Podcast. You've been listening to the Pomp and Pony Podcast, powered by Bowser Chevrolet. Join us each week for another Pomp and Pony Podcast. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, (laughs) nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.